Glad you could join us for episode 145 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Wayne as we discuss Yo. Michelle Lavretta's supernatural drama Lost Girl, starring Anna Silk, Zoe Palmer, Chris Holden-Reed, Rachel Scarston, and apparently for the last time, Paul Amos. I, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny because he's been a subject of conversation with us for the past four or five weeks and wow. Well, well, you know, we'll, we'll get to that in a few minutes. Uh, tonight we're here to discuss episode 14 of season five titled follow the yellow trick road. But before we get too far, Wayne and I want to remind you, we'd love to hear from you via email at sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com or at the website where you can leave a voicemail using the leave voicemail tab you can record your own audio clip send the mp3 as an attachment or just send us a tweet at sci-fi tv rewatch and we'd encourage you to consider joining the facebook group and join the discussions there and look we've pretty much been in agreement the last few weeks that the episodes were pretty much underwhelming that all changes tonight yes I'm 180 degrees turned around, back on track with Lost Girl. Yeah, I mean, it's got a few flaws here and there, but nothing nothing major, and, and everything else is so overwhelmingly cool that, yeah, can't wait to get to that. But uh, and I, will, I will leave my nitpicking to a minimum tonight. All right, but, you know, before we, Maybe. Before we get, yeah, well, we'll see. But before we get to that, I wanted to talk a little bit about the 2016 Saturn Awards, and something that, you know, since we've been podcasting, we've been paying attention to, and they are presented annually by the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror to honor the top works in the genre field. So I want to cruise through a few of these. I know you and I watch a lot of these, listeners watch a lot. So let's, uh, we'll, we'll go pretty quickly. We won't hang around on any one category too long, but best fantasy TV series, Game of Thrones, obviously we both watch it. It's awesome. Love it. Yeah. So what are we going to say? But I also love The Magicians. The Magicians, uh, I've only seen the pilot. I liked it okay, I guess. Oh, wait, no, no, not The Magicians. Oh, yeah, F The Magicians. I don't know that show. Wait, what am I thinking? The Librarians. Oh. How come The Librarians isn't on there? Well, God, dude, patience, man. <laughs> now, oh, it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. All right. So, so Michael... Uh, has been covering the magicians for den of geek and he really likes it he said it started a little slowly but is really picked up i just still haven't had a chance to watch it but it's it's on there now haven i've really never seen jonathan strange and mr norrell you've read i have not yeah i love that book that book was fantastic uh i've read it and actually then i like listened to the audio tape too i liked it so much uh right after i'd read it so but and i think we did I remember you mentioning the show that when it was in production, like back last summer. Uh, and I don't even remember but, what networks got it. Yeah, I don't know. I Maybe it's like Stars or something like that, like one of the pay ones that I, I don't have because um, I've seen nothing about that at all until just now. Okay. But that was a great book. I'd like to see that series. Okay. Now, also on the list, Outlander, which technically it is time travel – I really like it. I certainly don't think it's in the class of Game of Thrones, but it, it, it's a really f- interesting show. I, I like it a lot. The Muppets, really? <laughs> yeah, I, I actually dumped the Muppets um, because, you know, obviously Muppets on television, I'm like, whoa, I'm so there, you know? And then it was like, it's like The Office with Muppets. Yeah, well, uh, well, let's flash back to the time when I 
tried to turn you on to Farscape. And I believe your first comment was, Dave, it's a damn puppet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I lo- you know, the Muppets have a, a very special place in my heart. And they got me early. They got me in my formative years. And I've been a big fan since. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm really down with the Muppets having, like, adult problems and things like that. You know, I, I'm still, like, my – the Muppet part of me has never really grown up. It's still like an eight-year-old kid, unfortunately. Um, and that eight-year-old kid did not like the new Muppets uh, television show at all. And apparently you were not alone because I'm pretty sure I read that it's going to get the axe. Now, the, mm. the last show is the Shannara Chronicles, which is on MTV of all places. And I, I just haven't even had a chance to see at all, not even a minute of it. So that said, uh, my guess is Game of Thrones is going to win this category. I would think so. All right. Now, best action thriller TV series, Bates Motel. I've never seen it. Have you? Nope. Blind Spot, I have seen. And it's one of those shows that I saw the first four episodes, liked it a lot. Just It just fell out of rotation. It's the one where Jamie Alexander, who was Lady Sif in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., finds herself naked in a bag in Times Square with no memory of who she is, how she got there and how her body is suddenly covered in tattoos. And it's all about following the clues to find out who she is. It was a pretty good show. Yeah. I remember you were uh, very excited about that show. What happened? Right. You just uh, too much, just too much, not enough time. In your not hands. enough time. Uh, Fargo, which is a new show, which I haven't seen. Of course, I've seen the movie as I'm sure you have as well. I have not seen really? the show. Oh, I'm surprised. Yeah. All right. Now, Hannibal, Obviously, our friend Jamie loves the show, has podcasted about it. It just, I've never seen it. I can't imagine I would like it. Um, yeah, I, I can't. I, I'm not going to uh, you know, give an opinion of something I'm, okay. I don't watch. Okay. So. The Last Ship, I'm kind of lost my patience with all of these virus stories. And, of course, it does have Adam Baldwin, who we know as Jane, from Firefly sure. as one of the leads, but uh, the little bit I've seen of it, I think I saw like about an episode and a half and it was okay. Just not enough, but the librarians is on this list. We both love that show. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. But I know you haven't seen it yet. Trust me when I tell you, I've told you this a number of times. Yes, you have. Mr. Robot is one of the best shows I've seen in quite a long time. And I can't imagine it's not going to win this category. It's been, it's won a lot of contests it's been in. So we'll see, but I'm going to go with Mr. Robot here. Okay. All right. I'm going to go with the librarians, but I really haven't seen any of the others. Okay. All right. Best superhero adaptation series. We've got Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, The Flash, Gotham, Marvel's Agent Carter, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Supergirl. Now, obviously, I've said a while back that I didn't care for Gotham. I know you love it. Obviously, a lot of people love it. I don't love it. it. Okay. I I don't love it. I wouldn't say love. All right. So I would say I feel fondly towards it. Okay. Well, let's, who who would be your two off this list? Um, iZombie. (laughs) Which is not on this list. Oh, it's on the list. Wait, what? That's, it is really ridiculous. Like, iZombie is totally adapted from a comic book. She's a superhero. Like, I love Agent, Agent Carter. That's like, I really like that show, okay. but it's not a superhero show. Okay. Like the agent Carter is not a superhero. Okay, she's, so we're going to eliminate that one. 
to me, she's a super All right, just pick, hero. pick two damn shows from okay. her. Come on. <laughs> All right. I would have to go with Agent Carter. Okay. And Legends of Tomorrow. Okay. JK. Okay. <laughs> the Flash. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go the with- The Flash is awesome. Yeah. The Flash is really- is bringing it this this uh season yeah really well i'm gonna go with agents of shield and the flash and if you made me choose i think i'd go with agents of shield but it would be Ooh. a very tough call just because you podcast uh, yeah it time. is but it's, it's a little more than that arrow you're afraid you won't get interviews if you say the well, flash huh? yeah, well we don't get any <laughs> interviews for that one anyway oh, but the right. uh, arrow it's hanging in there it's had some rough spots but you know, we'll see. Super. Yeah, I was I was close to dumping Arrow, and um, but the last one was good. Okay. Was really good. All right, now this is your category: best horror TV series, American Horror Story Hotel, Ash versus the Evil Dead. And I'll I'll say this now: uh, when Michael and I did our uh, Den of Geek podcast, and, and uh, this show just came up in passing, I did say that Wayne made me watch Evil Dead Two. So I can't vote for this one. <laughs> now, Fear the Walking Dead, Salem, Teen Wolf, The Strain, The Walking Dead. I don't watch any of them. I know you watch a couple of them. Yeah. So I started watching American Horror. I, I, I dumped American Horror Story this year. I just, I, I just, I don't know. It was too much of the same old, same old every season. Ash versus the Evil Dead. I wish I was watching, but I don't get, what's that, Stars? I think so. Yeah. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead was pretty darn good. Um, and The Walking Dead obviously is still really good. The last uh, three episodes, particularly, have been very, very strong. Um, at a time when I, you know, like I, it's so funny because like I, my main beef with The Walking Dead was they just kept adding these characters, and adding these characters, and suddenly the cast was huge. You don't even know who these people are, but then like they just culled, <laughs> they just cut out. Like in like a couple episodes, like everyone died. Except for like the the basically the core group from before, so uh, I'm back to being more comfortable with The Walking Dead. Okay, now best supporting TV actor: Richard Armitage, Hannibal, Vincent D'Onofrio, Daredevil, Kit yes. Kit Harrington, aka Jon Snow, Game of Thrones, yes. Toby Jones. Is that who plays? Is that who he plays? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Toby Jones, Wayward Pines, Eric Knudsen, Continuum, Lance Reddick, Bosch, David Tennant. Marvel's Jessica Jones and Patrick Wilson oh. Fargo and look I mean I want to vote for Eric Knudsen it's almost oh, come on dude. I, but that's how ridiculous. can you not vote for David Tennant you cannot not vote for oh. David Tennant that's that's the answer to that question he is so disturbingly good yeah and well you haven't even seen you didn't get far enough in the daredevil to see Vincent D'Onofrio at work did you no I didn't dude I know I mean dude he was fantastic as kingpin he was awesome now i don't think as good as david tennant but damn good okay all right like i keep telling you you should watch the rest of daredevil and and you know maybe i will so all right best supporting actress well of course kate harrington i mean we gotta mention because i mean obviously you know john snow john snow he's john snow you think he's he's done done um no you didn't check his imdb (laughs) no i didn't check but i don't think he's done I don't think he is either. But again, like we're in new territory here because there's no book, right? Right. So I don't know. All right. Best supporting TV actress, Gillian Anderson, Hannibal, Toga Felch, Walking Dead, Callista Flockhart, Supergirl. She's awesome in that, but not enough to win. Callista Flockhart. Dana Guerrera, Walking Dead, Lena Headey, Game of Thrones. I mean, she's Sarah Connor for crying out loud. We got to consider her. Sure. Melissa Leo, Wayward Pines, 
Melissa McBride, Walking Dead. I, really, I don't watch any of these shows other than Game of Thrones and <laughs> Lena Headey's well, great. Melissa but... McBride is is Maggie, and she's fantastic. Okay, uh, I actually don't know who the other two actresses are, okay. and they they're probably important people. I just realized I don't really know any of the actors' names uh, on Walking Dead except for Andrew Lincoln and Norman Reedus. And Melissa McBride, I'm pretty sure that that she plays Maggie, and uh, th- that's about it. Okay. Like the others, I, I just don't know their names. Right. It, it's so weird. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Lena Headey as uh, you know, Cersei is you know, you gotta you gotta give her, especially like calling her a supporting actress. That's a bit rich, right? Yeah, she gets a lot of lines for a supporting actress. Yeah. It's yeah. not really fair. Yeah. So, All anyway, right. well, let's jump on. down to best TV actress. Okay. Jillian Anderson, The X-Files. So you're skipping over all the actor categories here. Um, right. No, just like the young actor and all that. So we'll go right. best, oh, okay. best TV actress. Jillian Anderson, The X-Files, Katrona Balfe, Outlander, Melissa Benoist, Supergirl, Kim Dickens, Fear the Walking Dead, Rachel Nichols, Continuum, Kristen Ritter, Marvel's Jessica Jones, Ooh. and Rebecca Romaine, Librarians. And just like the other category, I, you know, Rachel Nichols is just outstanding, but my God, Kristen Ritter is so Kristen good. Kristen Ritter was, in, yeah. And, and and I know- That show really is amazing, isn't it? it? Jessica Jones is awesome. Yeah, and I'm only eight wow. episodes in. I've still, you know, I've still- Oh, you haven't even finished no, it? No, I know. <gasps> oh, are you serious? All this time, you haven't finished it's, Jessica you know, Jones it's yet? it's so dark that I, I, Dude, I really can't watch more than one at a time. You have to go snuggle with the wife afterwards. Um, and, and I know I'm not voting for Jillian Anderson as- Agent Scully, but yeah. but sorry. All right, best TV actor Bruce Campbell, Ash versus the Evil Dead, Charlie Cox, Daredevil, Matt Dillon, Wayward Pines, David Duchovny, X Files, Grant Gustin, The Flash, Sam Hugan, Outlander, Andrew Lincoln, Walking Dead, Mads Mikkelsen, Hannibal. Well, I got to go with Duchovny, but I'm sure you're going to say Andrew Lincoln. So, yep. uh, all right, best. We will have to agree to disagree on that one. All right, best science fiction TV series. This one's tough. The Hundred. Ooh, that is tough. Colony. Yeah. Continuum. Never saw it. That Doctor Who. Awesome. The Expanse. Very good. Wayward Pines. Never saw it. And The X-Files. Season one only. So I, I don't, I mean, Continuum and The Hundred would be my two if I had to narrow it down to those two. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. I, I'd go to The Hundred, but Continuum, seriously? Over Doctor Who? Yeah, yeah. Dude. I know. That's silly. That's just silly statement you're making. So, well, anyway, there are a couple of other categories, but I think it's fun to go down the list for shows that you know. I mean, I've never seen a film that's that that's nominated for an Academy Award until it's probably been out two years. (laughs) So I can't even intelligently talk about the Academy Award nominations. Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'd see. Oh well, uh, Mad Max I saw. Oh, but none yeah. of the others. See, I still haven't seen because they actually had like a cool movie uh, as you know, like one of the you know, one of the, as one of the nominees. Yeah. Well, I've heard a lot of good things about it. It was good. So it's really good, man. You should check it out. All right. Now, before we get to Lost Girl, my wife and I sat down and watched last night's Castle, and they're on the crime scene. And I noticed uh, an attractive young lady wearing a police blue. And I like, oh, my God, it's Summer Glau. 
Oh, cool. Yeah. I am so far behind on Castle. Yeah. So, unfortunately, no Firefly references or anything. <sighs> but uh, Really? As How can I, they be on the same show and not even go there at all? I know. I know. But as That's always, crazy. it was awesome. So, all right. Well, speaking Maybe of awesome. Maybe they had one, but you just missed no, it. No, I didn't miss it. Trust me. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Speaking of awesome, season five, episode 14, Follow the Yellow Trick Road, written by Lee Lukens, directed by Paolo Barsman. This one aired originally October 11th, 2015 on Showcase, March 7th, 2016, Sci-Fi US, and we both liked it. So right off the bat, ordinarily these kinds of episodes where it's like the dream state, I I don't always go for it, but it was done so well. Yeah, Uh, especially that opening photography with the black and white, and she's got like the red dress and we can see the red. Everything else is in black and white. I love that. That was just so cool. Oh, I love that look. Yeah, and you see it in commercials some now, sure. and it's just so effective. And and again, obvious nod to the Wizard of Oz, and you know sure. they're they're making uh, no apologies for that. Although I have to say, everything's in red. Why are they calling it the Yellow Trick Road? But that's uh, okay. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, obviously, it's a lot about regret. Because they said red trick road. People be like, what does that even yeah, mean? Yeah, I know. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a lot about regret and guilt, but it's about finding your path in life. All of the characters have been lost at one point or another. And for crying out loud, it's Lost Girl. That's what the show started as. And as sure. we wind down, I mean, only two more after this. It, it, again, it was just done so well. Yeah. Oh, it was it was great. I was sitting there watching it, and you know, obviously, I've been wounded the last couple episodes of of Lost Girl, and I'm kind of on my edge here. But then they open up with like the kind of dream sequence in black and white with the red dress, and I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool, you know. And then she's moving along, and she meets uh, Thomasina, and she's like a funny character and everything, and. I'm like they so they they cut back on the goofy stuff exactly you know and just kind of focused in on the story I think and and it really was a much tighter episode right and the dynamic between Thomasina aka Tamson and Bo in her dream state it was still light but it wasn't right. it wasn't as you said it wasn't goofy it, and, and obviously she's wearing the, you know this business suit hair up in a bun she and, and i love the scene you know where bo says everybody's looking at us and she's like well of course they're looking at me they will look at me of course they're yeah but this is coming off an episode where bo's lost her mother and her grandfather leaving only her father which ordinarily you might say well at least she still has her dad yeah not so not much so much in this case nope uh I guess one of the questions I I do think about is why does she see and connect with Tamsin in her dream state? I guess you could argue that, you know, she has made a connection with her and, and, you know, they're past all the, uh, you know, the crush that Tamsin had on her. But I thought it was interesting the way that played out. Yeah. Uh, The Valcubuses are loving it. Uh, My highlight, I don't know about yours, but has to be dreadlocked Lauren. Yeah, that and that was that was that was really funny, you know. Like again, it's a little again boring on the goofy because it's such a caricature that she was playing. But uh, it was it worked out though. It was funny. Yeah. Uh, so 
obviously the episode alternates between Bo's dream sequence in which she connects with Tamsin and then the real life situation in which Lauren Dyson and pregnant Tamsin tend to Bo all the while keeping guard against Hades making another move, which doesn't turn out to occur until the end. And obviously at this point, they don't know that it's happened. Uh, Opening scene, Bo wakes up in her room, world, as you said, devoid of color except for her red check dress and the red ribbons in her pigtails. She gets in the car and then all the cars in the street are driverless. I'm not sure. I, I guess that's supposed to, you know, you know, make us think about how, uh, you know, the fact that they have all these people don't necessarily know where they're going or they can't get where they're going. You know, maybe something. But there's along. no people, though, right? Right, right. So, so there's that's because they all left. I mean, it's apocalyptic. It's like a city, but no one's there. Well, right, right, right. right sure. Um, so she unsuccessfully tries to call Tamson, Lauren, and Dyson, and then concludes she's not in Kansas anymore. And again, it just works. You know, I think some weeks a line like that. You know the way it, maybe it's the way it was delivered in this one. We, we, well, and also because they were so much following, like you know, the Wizard of Oz, that. But but again, it's it wasn't like overbearing. I think I think they really cut that fine line, kind of strode it pretty well. Right. But one of the first things that we have to really get a grasp on is how much time has elapsed since the last episode, because. Tamsin now appears like four or five months pregnant. Yeah, she's she's got the baby bump. But then Dyson's still carrying around Trick's will. Right. They're all on guard against Jack, who obviously murdered Trick and Aoife, sending Bo into this psychotic break, which is we aren't sure yet whether it's still the same break. Well, it turns out that it is because Valkyrie's pregnancies are accelerated. We're still not sure, but... it. I, I guess it's even just a matter of days. Yeah, it, it seems like it was not a long time afterward, despite Tamsin having the baby bump, which obviously you see that. You're like, whoa, how long has Bo been out? Um, but yeah, it absolutely seems like it's still, everything's very fresh. Right. Um, and I, I guess, I, I mean, what I got out of it was that Lauren induced a coma, but now is afraid that she's been in it too long and they've got to bring her out, But but obviously they just don't know. Uh, what to do but the other cool thing though is then how it just transitions back and forth and there is a little bleed through it gets it gets more intense as the episode goes on i guess as Bo Bo's consciousness is coming more to the surface the closer she gets to like you know, the, the, wanting to come back home the more she seems to become like self-aware in her dream state uh, then the the more uh, intense her connection with the outside world seems to become. Yeah, and you know, obviously, we we have to continue to make that connection between you know what happened to her mother, and then obviously what what seems to have happened to her. But I think we all want to believe that she's a lot stronger than her mother, as strong as Efa was. I think we all realize that Bo is going to snap out of this. But it, sure. but it is touch and go here for a while. Yeah, let's see. I, I wrote my notes. This is the point at which Sam and Dean would be looking for like the hex bags underneath, right? All right. Like whenever someone's like out like that, it's always the witch and they, they look under the bed and there's like some kind of little doll down there or some kind of 
you know, spell or something. Uh huh. Well, well, the other thing that I liked was, yeah, for, of course, this does not happen to Dorothy in Wizard of Oz. Dorothy never really acknowledges that she's dreaming, and Bo, of course, does, and brings up the idea of the Pyrrhus, which you know has been a little hazy over uh, you know the last season and a half or so. But mm-hmm. obviously, it's a nod to Hades, and now we're, we're thinking it is Hades. Apparently, the Pyrrhus came, the colony cleared out, which I guess would uh, be represented by the abandoned cars, as you point out. And I guess we're to say that the Pyrrhus does represent the Lord of Darkness, aka Hades, at this point. Sure. So, Seems like it. Yeah. Still kind of unsure, but yeah. yeah. Now, another scene that I. I really you know it's one of those scenes that in these previous couple of episodes i don't know if the lines weren't as good the actors were off their game or whatever but you know the pretty emotional scene where tamson's really feeling alone and you know lauren goes through that whole thing you'll never be alone and you know it really is pretty moving but not sure why tamson's taking all of this so hard and, and then lauren tells her don't ignore what happened and i assume she means don't ignore the fact that hades raped you yeah that's yeah i, I think she's showing kind of like yeah this reaction to be raped. right yeah. and, and you can't blame yourself and and of course maybe it's understandable that you're feeling like i know i was raped i know hades right you know and now i've got this child what do i do you know she's got to be conflicted about what it is she's going to be giving birth to, but you know, I, I thought Lauren just handled it beautifully. Yeah, I, I usually kind of like the scenes where they're kind of sniping each other a little bit. They're a little bit funnier. Yeah, uh, but this scene actually played out pretty well. Yeah, I thought so too. And, and also with with Dyson, and we've talked over the last few weeks that that has been something that that I've enjoyed the 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 renewed relationship with all three of them that, you know, we all love Bo. We all have her best interest at heart and, you know, we all love her in the same way. We all love her, you know, the other way. And it just really, I I think really worked out well in this episode. But then we get the idea that the notion of the maestro, obviously a nod to the wizard and Bo needs to be taken there. And, and this provided, you know, some pretty funny scenes. Uh, obviously, when we run into dreadlocked Lauren in a little bit, does Bo feel guilty for rejecting Tamson? All right, I mean, she acknowledges that Tamson slash Thomasina had her heart broken, so obviously that's something that does come up. And and the idea of regret, and you know, I don't know that Bo regrets not loving her back, but maybe she just regrets that. Tamson had to have her heart broken. I don't know what Bo could have done differently. Well, probably nothing. I mean, she is, as we have said a number of times, she is a succubus, right? right? So, you know, like commitment is not really in her DNA, so to speak. But I saw maybe like, yeah, a little bit regret, but also like a lot of fear and like hiding, right? Because she's like trying to run away. This whole dream thing is like almost like a construct to avoid what she knows is the truth is that she has to step up and take over the role that, that was once tricked. Right. Right. And, and Tamsin tells Bo, you know, of course to follow the red brick road 
only the one can see it. And and again, that's obviously uh, an idea that we've known for a while, that Bo is the one. Then they find themselves in a full color wooded area. So we've gone from that, you know, grayed out, you know, only bow in color to now full color. And, and and the colors are really vibrant, which is is pretty cool. But then not just like the movie, right? Yeah. Then later on, Tamson feels the baby moving at the same time Lauren determines Bo needs to feed or she'll die. And I, I think Tamson does Tamson offer I, I potentially miss it, but I, I don't I think that's something that would have been like, whoa. Right. right. Now, rightly so, you've mentioned that Vex has been relegated to basically a running penis joke. And, and, yeah. and all of that's out the window tonight because he's on the one hand, he's a totally different Vex. On the other hand, he's just, I think, a developed Vex and he's with Mark and they've retrieved Trick's books from his lair, thinking something in them might help Bo. But Dyson understandably snaps at them, and I say that because he's still grieving. You know, the fact that he hasn't opened the will yet is certainly testament to that. But it makes sense what Mark and Vex did. On the other hand, as Dyson points out, well, do you guys read ancient? I forget what their language is that he says, yeah. but right. But I mean, they're they're trying, right? Right, and then and then you know, he, so like back off, Dyson. Right, and then Vex even tries to reason with with Dyson that you know Mark's grieving in his own way as well, and it, and it's obviously a side we've never seen of Vex, and it's really touching. Yeah, it was nice. I, I, again, I make no bones about. You know, I like the old Vex, the badass Vex, but um, but you know, I as as far as the character development, not necessarily crazy about it, but I see why they went there, and for you know, to for Vex to turn it around like that, especially in that final confrontation with Jack, that was um, yeah. What well, well, you say, turn it around? What what, what about the scene, the Two Face right. scene, which obviously we understand. You know, it, it, it's all. You know, symbolic, metaphorical. That that Janus. That exactly, and that that through the course of the show, Vex has worn two faces. Sometimes we think he's on the team. Sometimes he turns against the team. Right, and which face is the cool face, Dave? Uh, I'm not sure. The bad one, right? Oh, the one that was all cut up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the you know the good face was like the wimpy, uninteresting face. Right, but it just was emblematic of the struggle that that well that they've all been facing i think vex maybe more than any of them i mean i mean certainly bo's had her struggles but you know that vex's struggle as one of the i don't want to necessarily say leaders of the dark but he certainly was one of the more important members and you know we never even really thought about vex going through this and you know why we didn't dave why because they had him doing dick jokes yeah. for the past two, three years. And so we haven't gotten really any development of Vex at all. Right. And then I love it when Mark asks him if he's sorry for all the evil things he's done. And again, this really heartfelt, almost heart-wrenching response that he is with every fiber and... Yeah, from the bottom of my aching, repugnant soul. Yeah, and... On the one hand, we might be thinking, 
Yeah, he's just saying this, but obviously we know this time he means it. Well, we think he means well, it. Well, I... Because yeah. you can never be sure. Like, honestly, yeah, hindsight 2020, we know he meant it. But you're never, ever sure with Vex, right? Yeah. Yeah. But he, he certainly seemed like he really meant it, obviously. Yeah. Now, what about the character that they meet along the way? Uh, I believe the name was Nysid. Nasid, I forget what it was, but it's of course Dyson spelled backwards, right? And did you any similarities strike you on his character? Well, the same actor was playing it. Well, right? yeah, I, I couldn't <laughs> help but make a connection with Joshua. Oh, 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 yeah. You know, to oh, me, it was yeah, kind of with, uncanny, right. but sure, uh, sure. I guess if you're not a Dark Angel fan, it doesn't mean anything. But regardless, he confronts Bo and Tamson. And, and yeah, because he even kind of talks like him a little bit, yeah. right? And, and Bo calls him a deserter after he says that everyone has moved on except him. And of course, we know that the you know the character of Dyson, you know, not that they've moved on from Trick. Uh, obviously, he was their leader. He was the Ash, but for whatever reason, and and obviously, a lot of the guilt that Dyson feels about, about Trick's death just won't allow him to move on. Bo calls him a deserter. And, you know, it's a pretty hurtful thing to say. Yeah. You know? I mean, he says he's hiding from the Pyrrhus, but he's afraid of dealing with, you know, obviously the fact right. that he failed. Trick. But Bo needs him to step up and like being all sympathetic and everything isn't going to get it done. Right. She's got to like hit him where it hurts. Well, right. And, and, you know, it's like first I failed trick. Now I'm failing you. And, and, and like you said, she's she can't let him get away with that. And says you know what we're going on with you without you and he says all right all right i'll go i'll 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 show you the way and she of course follows dyson's lead and and then i i think she says something along the lines that that's all i wanted all along and i'm thinking that's kind of odd because i guess i felt like what we've established through almost five full seasons now is that Yes, she loves Dyson, but not like she loves Lauren. Right. So it's not necessarily that she would follow Dyson's lead, I guess, unless she maybe, you know, Dyson as, you know, a leader in the in the colony, maybe. But she's the leader. Or she might have meant just like in this moment, what all I wanted was for you to lead us to, yeah. Okay. And, th- and that, that certainly makes as much sense. All right, so Lauren, you know, he's trying to console Dyson, who obviously still feels a lot of guilt. This is this is in the uh, in real time, and she determines that Bo's got a toxin. They determined that it was a moth that bit her, and one that feeds on sadness. Okay, uh, okay, that's fine. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> that yeah, that was the part where I'm like, okay, easy now. <laughs> you you're starting to swing back the other direction. Let's pull it in here, right. Right, and and the one scene, and I, I'll just say I had a little bit of trouble with it. I everything else was so good. I'm not going to nitpick this one too much, but but the, you know, Lauren just pleading, "Why can't I cure you? Uh, come on, you've done so much. I, I get it. Yeah. You're distraught about it, but come on, you're you're you're, you're going to figure it out. And, and of course, right. she does. But you know, it's just like frustration. I, I know that, but you know, but like last night, I'm trying to put like the watch band back on my watch. And it was tough. And I was getting frustrated and angry. You know, and sometimes you just gotta 
step back, take a deep breath. Yeah, I, go at it from a different uh, angle. No, I I know, but it it was almost just the it was almost like she just as an actor she just didn't seem to be really feeling it the way. You know, she she was in every other scene in the episode, but but again, such a little thing. Yeah, so, easy, you're gonna get yourself no, strung no, up no, here, no. dude. So so the dream group now goes to the penthouse. Dyson recognizes a nepenthe plant, which produces forgetfulness, and that's where we, of course, meet Lola, aka Dreadlocked Lauren. <laughs> Just humor, funny, but they kept it in check, and to me, that right. made it even funnier. Sure, and and it made it even more meaningful. Again, it was it's it was there was some borderline there was some borderline moments there where I'm just like, oh, okay, don't let's not do this. But then, it, yeah, they pretty much held it in check, right? But the, they didn't go too far and just made it, you know, funny, right? Well, well then, itself. you know, she realizes that she's going to take them to the maestro, but I uh, lost the map, and then she realizes the map's in her head, which obviously parallels real time with Lauren having the map in her head to try to figure right. out the moth issue, which obviously she does. And again, just so, so well done. Yeah. And, you know, and you see like, it's almost like, does Thomasina need a heart? And yeah, you know, uh, Lauren's character needs a brain, you know, and everything. And, uh, and Dyson's character looks like a line. He needs courage. And, right? right. And obviously the irony is that they all have each of those in spades. Right. So, in in real life. In real life, characters right. Characters here. Right. Not so much. Yep. So, uh, you know, so we're, you know, we, we've gone past the scene with, uh, you know, the two-faced Vex. And now Bo sees the hooded figure, assumes it's Trick. And that was a pretty cool reveal. I wasn't necessarily expecting it to be Bo. I, I thought, I, you know, it's so funny because the whole time I'm writing down my predictions as I'm going. At first I said, I bet the maestro is Trick. But then... Uh, Bo said something along the lines of, oh, I bet you it's Trick. So I'm like, all right, toss that one out the uh, right. window. Right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I bet you it's Jack then. And then later on, she said something about maybe it's Jack. I'm like, well, there goes that one. Yep. So, And then I thought, well, maybe it's Vex. And then we see Vex is a two-face. Well, it's not Vex. So I'm 0 for 3 now. And then when they finally did reveal it, I was like, oh, wow. Well, that's one I didn't guess. Yeah. I didn't see that one coming. Right. And then that line only when the master's gone, can you become the master? Like, okay, that's pretty damn cryptic. What the hell does that mean? Yeah. And I I like it. And then, you know, grants her the one thing she wants, which is home. And again, it's one of those things that, uh, you could say, well, that's kind of trite maybe, but it wasn't, it just, the the way it was done, it just wasn't. And then they're, you know, keeping the wizard of Oz kind of, Right, but as you to. said, that you're you're on a dangerous edge sure. when, you, when you choose this method of storytelling. Yep, gotta be careful. And it just all worked. It did. Now work. I know I said, and I don't remember what your response was a couple of weeks ago about Kenzie and have we or have we not seen the last of her? And I think I probably said, you know, I hope we have seen the last of her because it just would seem forced and contrived to bring her back. Right. I think I agreed with you on that one. But, um, and I would like to say back then that I said, oh, I think we'll see her again. But I'm pretty sure I said, no, I think we're done and we won't see Kenzie again. Right. And was it forced? Was it contrived? I'd argue, no. I love her climbing through the window. It's like, 
what the hell's going on here? The place is all boarded up and in, in uh, yeah. what does she say in panic room mode or something like that. And, <laughs> and it, it was just great. She heard about trick and Aoife and then the realization that it was Jack that called her there. And obviously that's not good. No, that's not, not good at all. So to go back with what you said, like, was it indeed forced and kind of from left field like we thought it might be? And uh, I'm not 100% sure because, you know, again, bringing her into it seemed like such a reach of a plot point. But it was really nice to see Kenzie again. And And I think that kind of won out over my cynicism. I said, hey, it's Cassini Solo's back. Just enjoy right and i I, i'm not sure exactly what to make of her though in this scene because we you know we see her white gown we see her black gown we see her looking good then we see her looking evil and it's like this transformation and you know maybe it's supposed to you know run alongside the fact that so many of these characters have been struggling with good and evil obviously vex uh Bo to a certain extent um, you know, Dyson struggling with the guilt that he feels, you know, maybe that's what it was just supposed to be. I mean, not that Kenzie really has, I think, done anything evil. I mean, it, oh, it's the worst thing she's done is steal, you know, right. Yeah. Uh, but it was visually, I thought it was really cool. And on the one hand, it was kind of hokey with the, you have to want to come home, you have to accept it, Bo. And then the white horse, the white gown, Kenzie holding the horseshoe. Oh, but before that, though, was what? When they kissed? Maybe. Yeah. I, I'm thinking that was kind of a big moment. Yeah, and I was wondering. No, so it wasn't. Like, obviously, she was just passing on whatever was coming out of her mouth. Bo had to accept it. But, you know, right. that was... That was full-on Kenzie Bell kissing going on there. Right. So now, because that paralleled in the real world with Lauren trying to get Bo to take the blood injection, right, from, yes. from the moth. But in the in the dream state, then obviously is this something that Bo, you know, wants? Yeah. I'm trying to think, did, did they kiss for, I mean, was there some kind of accidental kiss at some point? I can't remember now. I meant to look uh. that up. It was way back when, I think, if it did happen. The Pyrapus was bad until it found its way. You're the one who holds the key. Accept it or all will perish. So, you know, so obviously we're going into the final two episodes. And I don't think it would be overstating to say that this is an Armageddon-like atmosphere that we're going into. And, and to say Bo's the one that holds the key. Accept it or all will perish. Pretty foreboding. Sure. Well, but it also kind of just is in line with what we've kind of known about Bo for a long time is that she is the one that's destined to make things right. You know? Yeah. And what that's going to be, I don't know. You know, is that going to be an elimination of the light and the dark and that we're all just fey? Yeah, that was that was a thing that we were talking about a while back, right? Yeah. Um, one of the most emotional scenes i think in the entire series is the reading of tricks will oh yeah that was emotional uh kenzie is left uh the ring of something that grants her freedom from claiming gives her free right. passage 
in the Fey world. And, and it can make a giant green hammer. Too. Yeah. Um, and, and I just thought that, that, okay, it really can't get any more meaningful than that. Sure. And then he gives Lauren the tongs of the occult and the message that there's more than just science. And, and, and obviously. Yeah. She already like had the book next to her. So she's already rooting through his library, you know, like. <laughs> right. But, but it's something that Lauren. Like I got it dead guy nothing you can do to stop that yeah but but it's i guess what was so great about it is that it is something that lauren has learned along the way i mean look she's we've only seen her in the fey world but we do know she's uh, you know a woman of science and, and right. at the heart of it it is science but but again she's seen too much to ignore all of these other things and i i just think that was so meaningful for trick to give her Sure. Then to Tamsin, the blanket of Skomoda, which basically will give her, I guess, comfort wherever she is, something about sleeping out in the stars. But then, of course, that's so meaningful because I guess we're led to believe that that when we see Vex in the final scene that we'll get to in a second, she's gone out the window right, and left the blanket behind. Left the blanket, yeah. WTF, yeah, well, right? we'll, well, let's hold off on that. We'll get to that in a second. Okay. To Vex... The compass of Nirad, obviously, you know, that, that you found your way, stay on the true path. And, and you know, that line where Vex says that, you know, that he has found people that accept him. To Dyson, the Dal Real. The Dal. To Dyson, and, Dyson Mark. and Mark, exactly. Yeah. Please show Mark the way. Wow. I, I think probably if he wants them to get along better as father and son. Uh, having them share a business is probably not the thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's yeah. right, except uh, except in this case. All right. And then it was sort of anticlimactic when he gets to Bo, that he yeah, leaves his heart and gratitude. Yeah, at first I was like, gross, you left your heart. That's disgusting. You know, like, because I was just expecting, like, they're going to pull it out. Hey, here it is. You know, but no, he was speaking figuratively, which then you're like, Bo really got kind of jerked around on this whole thing because she didn't get, you know, like Dyson gets the doll. Bo figuratively gets his heart. Yeah, but it's, you, okay, well, let's look at that for a second. Bo gets his blood, right? So now, does this mean that Bo can rewrite? Sure, I got that. Yeah, but can she rewrite history the way Trick uh, could with her own no, blood? Now that, so now, that would be an inheritance. So, now, I mean, I don't know. I mean, is that... Is is that what it is that what it means? I don't know, Dave. And I, I, th see, that's the problem. We've only got two episodes. <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> they can't cover everything. But I think that this will probably parlay into being a big part of the next episode. Yeah. Well, I hope so. But we get to the closing scene. Vex goes up to Tamsin's room uh, to give her the blanket that I guess she left downstairs. Finds her gone. We, you know, we see the window. He finds Jack, who mentions, you know, after kind of berating him for siding with the light, if you will, even though we know Bo was dark, I guess, or is dark, technically. He says, I want you to take a message to the team. And, and you know, Vex is like, I'm not taking any message. And he says, yeah, you don't need to. It's going to be pretty clear. And then he cuts his throat. Yeah. What is with him and slicing throats? Like. He's, he's got, he's really got a problem, but uh, you know, we always talk about characters. Can they gain redemption? And I think Vex has, I mean, would you agree? 
Sure. Oh yeah. And yeah. I don't. I I can't, I I can't believe I'm saying that this was the perfect way for him to go out. But on one hand, I, it was. Yeah, I kind of can't agree with you on that one. Yeah. David. And you, you know, if I want to see Vex, I want to see Vex going out like a boss. Yeah. Yeah. Like not getting his throat slit. Yeah, but like going out hard. Okay. Now the open window. You know, the first time I saw it, I thought, "All right, Tamson's just running, right? She she's gonna have this baby. She doesn't want any of them to see what this baby looks like, see what this baby will become." And then uh, the more I thought about it, I think Jack has probably taken her, and that you know right. that, that that open window is simply where Jack sent her through and whether or not he's got minions out there helping him or whether, you know, Oh, minions he disposed of her or, 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 <laughs> you know, or whatever, or dispensed with her. I don't know, but I don't think she's on her own. I'll just, I'll just say that. Yeah. Well, it, it really wouldn't make any sense for her to leave, especially she was kind of, it at least seemed like she was coming around to the idea of, I need other people. Right. Uh, and and right. that we have this family that we all truly care for each other. And, and you know, at, at the reading of the will that they finally, they, they clasp hands and not that we needed this scene to know that they're a family, but yeah, it was still nice. And, well, and, and then just, you know, it, you know, she's here, she feels she's part of a family. She's got a really boss blanket and she's just going to leave. Like, yeah, you're right. It doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I think he's got her. What he's going to do with her? Oh gosh, I don't even. But, no, I mean, but you know what else doesn't make sense, Dave? What? Thinking that they could just like board up the windows of the clubhouse, and then that would keep Jack out. All right. So yeah, since you brought that up, do they pay rent? I don't think they do. So they've been living in this place for five years. And, yeah, and no free, right? And nobody's no, no one, no one calling in for squatting. Yeah. Um, all right, well, that's, I guess that's our, uh, yeah, well, the cops were there the one time, right? Yeah. Cause the cops, uh, uh, put a quarantine on it. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. They'd be like, what do you mean this address? No one lives there. It's deserted. Yeah. Um, you know, so they quarantined it, but I guess they didn't, you know, bust them for squatting. Uh, so, yeah. so two episodes to it go. Is. Uh, don't know where we're headed, but I mean, obviously it's going to come down to Bo versus Jack. And, you know, I, I think I said this last week as well. I just can't see a scenario how she can defeat him. I mean, I, I, I just can't imagine that they're going to let it end where he defeats her, but I just don't know how they're yeah. going to do it. You're not supposed to yeah. know. Good point. That's because they want you to watch the Good show point. and find out how it happens. And I will watch it. So, But it's obviously going to be a team effort. You know, I mean, Bo is going to have to probably face him mano a mano at, at the very end, but it's going to be a complete team effort here to bring down Jack. Yeah, yeah, no question. Uh, Which is kind of what he doesn't get, right? Because he, he doesn't work well with others. Yeah, but... Yeah, so. yeah I, I mean, it, it just... It, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to think that that Dyson is going to play enough of a role that it's going to be able to snap him out of, you know, this this guilt that he feels over Trick's death. But that's probably going to be something that he's going to live with for a few hundred years before he gets over it. Yeah. So. But the emotional impact of this episode was was very intense. I thought. 
Yeah. Much better, much more like uh, the Lost Girl of seasons one and two. Yeah. Um, yeah, just very clever writing. Yeah. So. And, the you know, again, action moving. Not too much in the way of just completely crazy, out of left field stuff. You know, the story was tight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Vex's death at the end made but, sense. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm sorry to I say. I mean, it. I, don't think he's, I don't think he's dead. Okay. Which, I mean, you're like, how could this happen? Well, I don't know. Trick managed to still, you know, bust out some dying words despite having his throat slit. So maybe Jack just really sucks at slitting people's throats. Because I think, I mean, obviously it's very, I mean, for them to end as they did, if he is really dead, that's very powerful. Sure, right? sure. You just see it. There's none of this, like this is what I said about the week before when, you know, when they opened up that curtain and saw Aoife and Trick there, that should have been yeah. it. Oh, God, right? what about Just when she opened like up that. the curtain tonight? I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, right. what's she going to oh see my behind God. it? I know. It's like the same cord to pull and everything, Ugh. right? But then again, you know, when, when sometimes when television shows do that, where a character, like you're saying, pretty obviously got killed, but it stops, you know, like, there's always that bit of me that suspects, oh, well, they're going to start off next episode. Lauren's going to come up, find him. And somehow save him, and uh, you know, and Vex will be all right. Oh, but see, I think it's going to be the catalyst that's going to really propel them into Uber sure. action. That, you yeah, know. I I agree too. It's just like there's that part of my brain that says, "Well, they're they're stopping the episode right here." It means there's still a chance that he's alive. Yeah. Well, we will see in about six days. Right. So. Uh, that's all I got. You anything else you want to throw out there? Uh, uh nope. Right. I think it's about it. All right. Well, uh, wow. It was really nice. It was fun, and God, I hope the next two are as good. Sure. All right. Well, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. We'd love to hear from you about Lost Girl, Dark Angel, which we'll be getting back to in not too long. Uh, anything else you think we should be watching? Also, like to encourage you to join the Facebook group, and if you're already a member, spread the word. Emails to sci fi TV rewatch at gmail.com or, via, or voicemails via the SpeakPipe tab, which you can access through the website. We'll be back next week to discuss Lost Girl Season 5, Episode 15, titled Let Them Burn. But until then. Hey, Dave, do you want to buy a Digiradu?